Welcome to Women in the Arena podcast, the podcast celebrating women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. I'm your host, Audra Egan, and our mission is to elevate the value, strength, and resilience each woman brings to the world. Without further delay, let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for joining me for season four of Women in the Arena podcast. This season, we are going to challenge ourselves. We are going to grow. We're going to stretch. We're going to push ourselves outside our comfort zone, and we're going to do some things that we have been dreaming to do. As I have said before, I may be the one behind the mic, but I don't do this by myself. I do this with all of you. Thank you all for joining me today, and let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for joining me again this week. This week, I have an amazing treat. I have Luana Bradford with us today, and she is a multi-hyphenated woman. She is a serial entrepreneur. She is the COO of the Bradford Group, which is a financial institution. She is the co-founder of Celebrate You. She is a best-selling author and also my wonderful friend. It is my pleasure and my honor to introduce to you Luana Bradford. Luana, thank you so much for being here again and welcome to the show or welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Audra. It's great being a guest again on Women in the Arena. You were here when we were just a baby podcast. I think you were my fourth guest Mm -hmm. and I wasn't sure if anybody was listening, (laughs) but lo and behold, here we are. We've, we have people listening, and it's exciting to watch us grow and have you part of that growth with me. So we are no longer recording in my closet, and I have actually converted another closet and turned it into a studio. So I'm growing up. I'm growing, growing up, Moana. Congratulations. I know. I'm getting there. You never know. I might actually get a bigger closet next time. <laughs> so. <laughs> We wanted to have Luana here because her background is in finances and, you know, financial instruments and how it works within the economy. And we think that that is timing that is appropriate for now. But before we get started and jump into the nitty gritty, I want to give the floor to Luana so she can tell you exactly about her expertise and a little bit about Celebrate You, because we want to talk about that uh, also towards the end of the conversation. So, Luana, the floor is yours. Thank you. Well, Audrey, as you know, my background is in finance, but it's also in strategy. And I have now, at this point in my life and career, just a huge passion to get women to realize that in order for us to create sustainability for today, and ultimately our future, we have to get involved. We have to change the narrative uh, as it relates to women in finances. We have to be willing to take, have the conversation and take control. And you would think, really, Luana, this is 2022. Most women are there. But believe it or not, most women, Audra, do not want to talk about finances. They'd rather talk about death than finances. And that's kind of frightening. Really? Really. 
They're more comfortable in talking about death than they are about money. Yes. Yes. And um, it's, it's actually, you know, we're in the pandemic, but there's actually a financial crisis facing women that the pandemic has exacerbated. So this financial crisis has been going on for decades upon decades. Uh, we know that just women getting the right to vote in the United States was founded largely on the suffrage movement and the need to, to bridge the gap between pay and equity, which is something we're still fighting. So when you pair pay inequity and that gap widening, depending on the, um, the ethnic populations that you're looking at, and then you pair it with the pandemic and that the women were hardest hit, having to come off the job to take care of their children, or maybe being sandwiched between taking care of their children and parents, you can see where, where we're at, right? It's, it's kind of scary. Yeah, we've kind of, it's very uncomfortable because we've, we've gone a little backwards uh and, and not necessarily by choice it was because out of responsibility because if yes. you have older parents that are very vulnerable what do you do you have to take care of them i have several friends that left their jobs because exactly that they had both parents and children that they needed to take care of and they couldn't be all things to everybody so something had to give and they gave up their job Right. And when you look at the cost, you know, when you're trying to, especially senior parents and you're trying to keep them at home, the bare minimum is seven to $10,000. Wow. And so most people don't have that extra lying around. And then if you do, you are actually forfeiting your future, right? You're pulling, you're, you're tapping into those retirement funds to take care of the now, which is definitely commendable, but then who's going to take care of you? Right. And you're because your parents, although they would love to, they won't be around to take care of you. And hopefully your children can. But our children aren't facing anything easier either because they're going to have rough futures, too, with 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 housing prices out of many people's reaches, especially first time home buyers, uh, that our our pay isn't rising as fast as inflation is. Our kids, and couple that with our kids saddled with thousands and thousands of dollars worth of student loans, we're stuck. We're in the middle. You got to do something. So what's what's the answer? I mean, I we talked about how the pandemic has just exasperated the problem that was already there, but how do we change the trajectory of that. I, I understand that a lot of it is by, by actions and decisions that we make to help change the direction, but what actions should we make? I think it first starts with, again, the simple willingness to have the conversation and to look at life as it truly is. Women, unfortunately, we wear the mask, right? We may be going through some major financial hardships, but when we walk out that door, our hair is perfect. Our nails are perfect. You know, we look perfect and we don't share the struggles. But if we can get over ourselves and start to say, okay, I'm here. How do I get out of this? How do I avoid bankruptcy? You don't know what you don't know. And that's why it's so important to number one, surround yourself with a team of advisors. 
having a relationship with your bank, having a, if you have a home, have a relationship with your mortgage company. There's so many programs that they have in place to keep you in your home. But when you get to the point that, you know, you're three, four months delinquent, and then you're wondering why they're knocking on your door saying, um, we're about to foreclose on you. So it's, it's about taking a, a level of responsibility and it's a, it's a little frightening, but again, having the conversation and just saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go seek help. You know, how do, how do I manage this? Um, sometimes we have to make the not so favorable decision of filing bankruptcy. If that's the, if that's the only way to stay afloat and to keep a roof over your head, because they will not take your home in a bankruptcy. You can, there, you know, there's different programs you can set up for that. But again, you have to be willing to get over yourself, swallow your pride, say I'm in a pickle and get with the experts to guide you so that you can make the best and favorable decision for the short term and ultimately the long term. Well, I don't think that bankruptcy has as much of a stigma as it used to, thanks to the housing crash of 2007 and 2008. Uh, many individuals, many families found themselves in positions that they had never been before. And it was not due to anything that they did. Um, You could have done everything right and you still could have been in a pickle. So I think that that taught us, at least it taught me, that you could do everything right. And still there are things that are outside of your control, but you can plan and it not be as difficult to overcome. And you're saying that the key to helping make those changes is seeking assistance from the experts, your bank, your mortgage company, maybe a financial advisor, maybe even your employer provides you financial uh, advisory. You never know. And I want to talk about a moment for the, the wage gap that you had referred to just a little bit ago. I have this idea on how to to shrink that that wage gap and it comes from conversation why are we afraid to talk about our salaries with each other i think that if we talked more about our salaries together not as a position of i'm better than you i make more than you i've negotiated more than more than you it it just simply for for knowledge and being able to plan better for your negotiation and and do it strategically and methodically. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think it's I think it's a, a brilliant um, idea, and I want to add to that. and And this is remember I said you know we as women we go out and we we wear this mask. Well, even from a financial standpoint, and this was very shocking to me. So I was doing some research on what women at the age of 65, average age of retirement, are earning in retirement income. I was shocked to see they're earning less than $18,000 a year, the average woman in the U.S. What? Meaning they're only receiving Social Security because they don't have a retirement income. You know, or whatever they had, they had to pull down to take care of mom, to take care of their, their children. You know, they found themselves that sole breadwinner. So that's a little frightening. So again, and then the actual number is $17,800. Yeah. 
Wow. If that's what the average woman is making in retirement, and you hear everyone say, oh, I'm earning six figures. Well, for whatever reason, six figures is the, you know, the golden ticket. <laughs> and But most women aren't there. The average woman is making less than $60,000 a year and is the sole provider of her household. So we need to stop feeding ourselves lies and come from a place of truth. And once we're there, those of us who are at the higher echelons, who are at the table where we can make hiring decisions and influence the choices, I think it's up to us to say, okay, I'm now here at the table and I want to bring my sisters along too. Absolutely. We, I believe we have a fiduciary responsibility to, to help each other. Um, but the, the frightening thing, so let's talk about the 80 cents on the dollar. You know, April 4th is pay equity day. Well, that's white women earn 80 cents on the dollar. Black women earn 64 cents on the dollar. Hispanic women, 50 cents on the dollar. So, Which is deplorable. Uh, yes. So, so the, explain... For a moment, why April 4th is pay equity day? Because there is a reason that that day specifically is pay equity day for white women. So explain why that day. Well, you may know a little bit better than me because I, as an African-American woman, I'm kind of focusing on <laughs> Right. I got to, it. Be, to be honest, um, but I, I do know that it was tied to the um, to the to the right to vote. But it's again, it's every for every twelve months that a white man earn, works, a white woman has to work an extra four months to make the exact same amount of money. Yeah, and, and looking at it a different way, the first four months of your working life, ladies, only white ladies. You worked for free as compared to your male counterparts. It's worse if you are Hispanic or African-American. If it's 60 cents on the dollar for an African-American, that means that it's, it's around August, June. It's August, oh, it's, it's August 8th. And for Hispanics, it's in November. So for us to actually reach parity, Black women have to work an extra well, it will be a hundred years from now. A little over a hundred. A hundred years. Right. So I don't have a hundred years. I don't know about anyone else, but I don't. I don't, I don't have a hundred years. Right. Yeah. So it's it's years. a very serious conversation, and then you know you have an international audience, Audra. So that's here in the U.S. We're a very wealthy nation. Now let's look at the other nations, the emerging, you know, emerging nations that are coming up, and how much wider that gap is. And I think, again, for those of us that are in the financial space who have the awareness, we have a fiduciary responsibility to help educate. For those countries that are wealthier, I think we have a moral obligation to help the other nations come along. I mean, for us to sit and say, oh, I'm so sorry that you have to walk, you know, five miles just to get drinkable water. I mean, that's happening today. That makes no sense. But that's reality. It's not the reality we face. However, in some parts of the U.S., we know whether it's the Flint, Michigan, um, you know, water crisis. There are places here in the U.S. where water is not the safest thing to drink. 
There are also parts, I believe it's in the southeast, where there are other areas of contaminated water because it's been polluted by chemicals from industry and and whatnot. So yeah, that kind of stuff happens all the time. And so you, you've been mentioning it is our fiduciary responsibility to educate and bring women along. Yes. How do we do that? How can we do that actively? Because I know that there are lots of women and, and men, because we do have some, we have some mighty men that support this, this show. How do we do that? How do we actively do that? Because some of them are thinking, I'm just one person. How am I supposed to make this change? Well, I'm here to tell you that absolutely one person can change the world. Exactly. You think about if you change one person and you create a level of awareness where now they're making better decisions, they've aligned themselves with the, with the right resources. Now you've changed their next generation. That's huge. Um, And I, I think that when I say it's our fiduciary responsibility, get money off the table. You know, you are where you are. You're, you're in your seat of, of comfort. Now it's time to give back. You know, we've been blessed with this education, with this awareness, maybe even with a level of wealth and comfort. Is it so difficult to find different organizations, nonprofits to, um, to provide training, to provide education, to go into the high schools? Our, our, our school systems should be providing education on how to manage money, but they don't. No. And so I, there's little, I agree. little things I believe we can do. And I think, I think we, we owe that because we are, we just happen to be in a seat where we were blessed. You know, the yes. time and opportunity just happened to align for us. But what if we hadn't been born in the families that we had? What if we had been in other countries? Right. Yeah, it was just luck. It was luck of the draw that we were born, way we were born, to whom we were born, um, luck, and then and we did something more with the opportunity. But we first had to be in the position to do something with it. Exactly. So I've been thinking on this subject since since you and I uh, talked about how we were going to share this on the show, and I've been thinking how can I make a difference around me? How can I make a difference to women that, uh, that can connect with me? And I've been thinking that maybe mentorship would be an amazing opportunity to take someone, someone under your wing, uh, a young woman under your wing, that's just starting out with their career and teach them a little bit, pull them aside and say, Hey, I don't know everything, but these are the mistakes that I made. I don't want you to make them. You can go and make your own new and improved mistakes, but you don't have to retread the same track that I've already gone through. So, and maybe bring them aside. Maybe if you have daughters or nieces, bring them along. You know, mentor them, help get them prepared for what their futures are, and, and do it in such a way that it isn't a talking down. Two, it's more of a partnership because if you were, uh, if any of you women are anything like me, I did not like the lecture. I still don't like the lecture. I never responded to lectures. It didn't matter from whom, but I did respond very, very well to partnerships, to 
I, I want to teach you. I'm going to share my knowledge with you because I, I've made all these mistakes. I didn't have anybody to help me. L- let me give back by helping you. So I've been thinking maybe that's an opportunity um, just in your own life. What do you think about that, Luana? I mean, if they're like, oh, I don't have time to volunteer, but do you have time to have a conversation? Just, just, you know, just a thought. No, I think that's great. And especially, okay, we know we have the great resignation going on. So many women are, are taking the leap in entrepreneurship. But you don't know what you don't know. You've been an employee all the time. So, again, having those conversations can help you understand your product, your pricing, your positioning, you know, um, relatability to that to that client and identifying that ideal client. It's there is there's so much value in, as you mentioned, having that mentor can save you a lot of bumps and bruises, but it also can save you a lot of money wasted in the wrong way because you just didn't know. Absolutely. Because I mean, you're going to make mistakes. Um, That's just, that's just guaranteed. You're just, it's just going to happen. However, you don't have to make the same ones. I I will tell you that if those people are out there listening, going, gosh, I would love to have a mentor, but I'm nervous to ask, or I, I don't know who to ask. Just reach out to somebody that you like, or reach out to somebody that you admire. I, and I've said many times before, I didn't know a thing about podcasting when I started this show. Not one thing. Zero. But I reached out to other podcasters, other people that had done this before. uh, And social media. Oh my gosh, social media. I'm still learning it because it's just this weird science to me that I don't understand. But I reach out to people all the time that I don't know but I just simply reach out to them and say, hey, I really like this about your show or I really like this about your page. Will you spend 15 minutes with me and talking to me? I've not had anybody tell me no yet because you would be surprised how much people really, really want to help, especially now because so many of us have felt helpless in the last two years and continue to feel that way because it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And we feel like we're in these spots of helplessness, but we're not. Uh, and I really think that people are wanting to do something because it's better than than sitting still and doing nothing and, and continuing to watch the TV and just hear all the bad news. And I, I like what you said because I think in, innately most people are good. Most people care about their their fellow brothers and sisters. And to be asked, can you share what you know? To me is one of the most rewarding questions someone can ask for you. It feels like, wow, I, 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 I matter. I can make a difference in, in one life. I can share this little nugget that can transform their life, you know, put them on a different trajectory, uh, keep them from making the crazy <laughs> mistakes I made. Right. Yeah. Cause I know um, during the 20, 27, 20, uh, 20, um, 28, crisis, mortgage crises. One of the things that we can't control in the financial world is what, you know, big banks may do. And we know, we know what happened with the housing market, but also the banking industry, even though the banks were bailed out, those that had, that had credit card holders, they were demanding full payment of your balances. 
Well, for me, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I can't, you know, because I'm doing business on my accounts. I'm like, I, I'm making all my payments on time. I'm, I'm a good client. They're like, yeah, I know, but the guidelines have changed. And now you either pay it in full or we're going to increase your interest rate. Get this. I had a, one of my cards had a seven and a half percent interest rate. They were going to increase it to 32%. And I'm like, you can't do that. And they were like, well, actually look at this little fine print. Again, I had not, never missed a payment. Everything was on time. I paid above the minimum and I panicked. I said, well, I can't pay that. I said, if I could, I would, but obviously I'm in the mortgage industry. I can't do loans. Hello. And so they said, well, you have to pay this in full. I was actually sued by one of the big banks. Wow. And I, so this is where it comes having the conversation. I swallowed my pride. I talked to a friend of mine who you actually know, um, Rick Spann, and he told me what he had done, a very different situation, but I knew he had got, had some financial uh, challenges. And he said, I said, I can't afford a, a lawyer at this time. And he gave me little steps to take. And he said, I need you to be confident enough to go in that courtroom and represent yourself. I followed everything he said to the T and I won. Wow. I was scared to death. But what did I have to lose? Because I said, okay, if I lose, then the bank's going to say, okay, you lose and you're going to have to now do a, some sort of <laughs> protracted pay payment plan because this isn't going to happen. Um, but they actually wiped wipe the debt. Wow. The court wiped the debt. And that's just because you reached out for some guidance right. to help you through this financial situation, you know, which, like I said, we're not very comfortable in doing. But I think that it is well past the time to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because I don't think I don't think money is going to get any easier. I think it's going to continue no. to get harder and more complicated and things will continue to change and, you know, understand what your money doing. And, and let's face it, money is just a thing. Money is just an object. There is no value to it until you need to do something with it. That's when it has value. Exactly. So treat it as if it is just a thing. And then it should take the the fear off of it. And I think part of the reason why we, we inherit this fear is because our parents or our grandparents used to say the two things that you don't talk about is money and religion. Well, or in, I'm sorry, three things, money, religion, and politics. Well, the first two have went out the window a long time ago. We might as well do something useful with a conversation about money. And I mean, especially women, because let's face it, a lot of you out there are the primary wage earners in your families. That yes. that trend has shifted that way. And a lot of cases, you're the only wage earner in your families. So make your money work for you rather than you working for your money. I mean, like I said, it's a thing. It's a tool. Use it. Use it as a tool. Let me add this. Even if you aren't the only wage earner, if you live long enough, most women will ultimately be the only wage earner yes. through choice, death, or divorce. 
Yes. Ultimately, you will be responsible for managing your household. That uh, That's a good point because, I mean, we still outlive men by by a lot. And yeah, at some point you're going to have to manage your finances. I talked to my, um, my dad's 91 and my mom will be 86 um, in two days. And we were talking about finances and in that generation, women typically were not the ones to manage the finances of the home. And I asked my dad, I said, why was it so important for mom to know everything? And she always has. And he said, because I was in the military. And I didn't know if I would come home. So in his mind, when he first got married, he said, I sat her down. I said, you need to know how to pay bills, do this, do this, do this, do this. And eventually when women were able to get credit in their names, because remember women (laughs) prior to the seventies were not able to get credit in their names. He made sure she did that when they bought their, um, their last home, he wanted her to be the primary but he's, he, he was doing that as he goes, I didn't think I'd still be living, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> but again, that was just him thinking strategically. But most, you know, he's coming from that um, depression era. He was born in 1930. So he knows what it's like to live in a household of, of lack. And he said what his mother experienced, you know, when his father died, he didn't want my mom to go through that. No. So he said she had, whether she wanted to know or not, it was like a mandate in that house. You will know how to budget and manage everything. The only thing that he never gave up was he did did the taxes. He said he just, he wasn't that comfortable. (laughs) Heck, I'm not that comfortable. I I used to do our taxes, but the harder they got, I knew that I was way out of my depth. So, so I, uh, I retired as our tax accountant and got another one because <laughs> I, I I know my limits and I hit it. So, so I'm, I'm surrounding myself with advisors that know what they're doing rather than me guessing. Uh, I want to talk not. to you about what your specialty is, what your firm specializes in. I mean, we've talked a lot about money and a lot about the economy and how it's affected women, but what do you do specifically in your company that speaks directly to finances and what you do with your money? We are mortgage brokers. So uh, we work specifically in the investment and commercial mortgage space. So if you have a brick and mortar or you're looking to purchase a brick and mortar, uh, purchase, refinance, um, harvest equity out, that's where, where the people you call for. And if you are someone who's looking to expand your financial portfolio through real estate investments, that's where we come in. So helping you to develop a financial strategy and game plan, but then also identifying those financial resources for you. So from your traditional type of financing to creative financing. And most people feel that I'm self-employed. I write off a lot. There's no way I can qualify for, you know, anything because when on paper, it shows like I don't make much money, but that's where we have programs like, for example, bank statement programs. So even though your tax returns may say one thing, we know your bank statement says something different. And so we help you, again, understand the lanes, how you can structure and how you can negotiate with the different lenders out there to get exactly what you want. So there's there's always opportunity. But again, you don't know what you don't know. So we consider ourselves advisors and educators first, brokers second. So 
I know that right now is probably not the ideal time to invest in um, rental properties, investment properties, because there's really no deals to be had right now. It's a, just a feeding frenzy out there. I mean, our first time home buyers are having a hard time finding properties that they can afford. But while we're waiting for the market to somehow balance back out and maybe have some deals pop up, what do you think we can do in the meantime if we're like, ah, I eventually want to buy a house, my first house, or, you know, I'd really like to own some rental properties, but I know that this is not the right time. What can we do while we're waiting? Because the pendulum always swings. It, that's the one thing about the economy is that it always swings back and forth. So it, it won't stay this way forever. Well, I'm of the mindset it's always the right time to invest. If you have the money, the resources, the knowledge, it's always, it's always the right time. Now, you may say, I want to invest. I'm in Metro Atlanta. I want to invest in Metro Atlanta. Well, that may not be the ideal place to invest to maximize or leverage the resources that you have. But if you go a little bit outside the metro area, there may be opportunity. So I always encourage people to identify clearly what it is that you're trying to do. Why do you want to invest? How long do you want to invest? What types of property do you want to invest in? Perhaps you as an individual may not be able to invest completely by yourself independently, but maybe you're investing with two or three other people and you do a you know, a purchase, a rehab, and then you sell. And then you do it over again, and then you do it over again. I always challenge people that if you don't do something, how will you be when you finally decide to do something? So it's like if you, tomorrow's not promised. So again, if you have the resources, if you have a, a right strategy, a plan, or maybe even an investment community, then then move forward in it. Because you never know what you know, what the market's going to do. What we experienced in the last two years was an anomaly. I mean, all time lows. And even then people were still waiting. Maybe it'll get lower. Maybe it will get lower. And then overnight, boom, you know, <laughs> rates now, which this time last year were 2.8. Now it's 4.5, 4.6. And my heart goes out though for the first time home buyers. It's, they're being priced out of the market. It, like you said, it's a feeding frenzy. Um, and it's it's really hard out and, there. And by the way, even though we say that 4.6 is double what it was a year ago, um, it's still lower <laughs> than, yes. than the typical <laughs> average. And and I've and I've told you guys before that my my background and my career has been in the mortgage industry, and I've been in it 25 plus years. The average, real average interest rate is right around seven. And we're well yeah. below that. But when you're comparing it to the twos, you're thinking, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Um, but it's not. It's not. It's all in your perspective. Exactly. But again, the, the thing is, what I think is hurting people is the market, the, you know, the price point of the homes. And, you know, you're making... $60,000 a year and the average home, first time home buyer home is hitting in the high twos, low threes. There's not much room there. No. So either you're getting a really, you've got a really big down payment, gift funds are coming from somewhere, but somehow you've got to get that payment where it's manageable for what you're making on a monthly basis. Yeah, that it's, that is a far cry from what 
we paid for our first house. Like, I, I, I'll just tell you guys, it was $80,000. It was $80,000. It was a three bedroom home. Um, and it was on a huge lot and it was 80 grand. And we were thinking, oh gosh, that's a lot of money. Cause our son was, was less than two years old. And we're like, oh gosh, that's a lot of money. But it was the best investment we ever made. And, you know, and we will continue to do that. But you're saying to get creative, even though the, the market is strange and it is, it definitely is, um, get creative. But always keep, your, what you're saying is always keep your eye on your money and make a plan. And get it, exactly. get, get help, get advice, get uh, guidance from somewhere, anywhere. Just start somewhere. I mean, even saving. Right. You want, you want to tell your money what to do, not the other way around. Right. So when you have a plan, that means you're already telling it, this is what you're going to do for me ultimately. Um, what will that look like? And you set your timeline and you, and you evaluate your risk. Be willing to, every, every purchase we make, every purchase has a risk tied to it. 100%. Determine what level of risk are you willing to take? Unless you're paying cash, you know, everything has a risk. But I do like what you said about if we're willing, number one, have a conversation first with ourselves. Evaluate, where am I? Okay, this doesn't look good. Now, where do you want to be? Well, everyone says, I want to make a million dollars. Well, if you can't budget the thousands that you have, the likelihood of you making a million, unless you reach the, you know, won the lottery is going to be slim to none. And then even if you win the lottery, again, if you don't understand money management principles, you're going to end up back where you were anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's learning and understanding and you don't have to be an expert in everything. That's why you surround yourself with trusted advisors, keyword trusted advisors. Well, I, I like that you have punctuated that point of, you know, put together your own team and the team that you are comfortable with. And that is a perfect segue in before we end our conversation is to tell us about the Celebrate You community. You are the co-founder of this amazing, wonderful community that I have was invited to join about a year and a half ago, I think it was. And th this, this community is just, uh, it's lovely. It's wonderful. And, and I'm don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. So you go ahead and, and tell everybody what is Celebrate You? It, it actually came organically <laughs> because in 2019, my company, the Bradford Group, we wanted to spotlight five women in business. We felt that women were not celebrating, women in business were not really celebrating other women in business. So we thought, well, we'll put together this, this retreat where we spotlight these women and everyone comes and it's, there was, it was no cost to the women we were spotlighting. We developed a Facebook page merely as a point of, of information. Next thing I know, all these people are joining. And Barbara said, Luana, something's going on. I'm like, why are people joining this Facebook page if they're not coming to this event? And I realized is they were resonating with the message. And the message of Celebrate You is all about getting to a place Despite the ash and trash we may go through in life, the bumps and bruises, tsunamis, hurricanes, whatever you want to call them, where you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love me. 
I truly love who I am, who I'm meant to be, and that I can come from the behind the mask and embrace all of me mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially, because it takes money to create certain levels of change. Then we truly believe you can then make a change in the lives of your family, the community, the nation, and the world. And so it's really challenging women to pause and say, are you celebrating yourself? You want the world to applaud you, but if you don't first applaud yourself, you're just going to hear silence because the world loves, believe it or not, they love champions. And champion isn't about who crossed the finish line first. It's who didn't quit, who continued to run their race right? You look at the marathon runners and we're excited about that first person who crosses the line, but we're just as passionate about that last man or woman who crosses the line because they didn't give up. So our whole focus is that whatever your dream, whatever your genius is, that you don't give up on you, that you believe that when your vision and opportunity intersect, success is inevitable. It's not if, it's a matter of when it's going to happen. But you have to bet on you first. That's celebrate you. So if the audience is hearing this and going, oh, that sounds like kind of a fun community. Can they join? Yes, they can go simply to our Facebook group. It's called Celebrate You Women Embracing Wellness. It's an open group and you can join and get involved. We um, have a lot of education. We have various shows we promote on there. One is called Choose the Challenge, which is challenging your mindset, systems, norms um, that are out there so that we can be a greater voice uh, around the world. We have Business and Financial Raw Talk, which is a conversation like this, challenging us to manage our finances, rise up in business. We have a Celebrate You Live, which is our variety platform. It's it's fun. It's funny. Um, and inspirational. And we have Coaches Corner. So Barbara Beckley brings on just different coaches from um, different backgrounds and experiences to just pour into the women. So there's a lot of free resources and connections that can be had within Celebrate. And there is an event coming up that is a very special event. event. (laughs) Yes, yes. So it's April 3rd. We have our Celebrate You Woman of the Year event, and this is a Woman of the Year for 2021. So every uh, month we pick a Woman of the Month. And we started this last year, I'm sorry, in 2020, based on the pandemic, because we saw certain women rising up and doing very unique things. And you were actually celebrated as Woman of the Month for January of 2022. So individuals like Audra, who said, hey, I need to do something with this, with my voice and with my, my platform. And those are the women we're celebrating because we know it's the collective that is going to create the momentum and change that we want to see in the world. And through this Woman of the Year celebration, we're going to pick one of the 12 who has really just gone above and beyond and who really represents what Celebrate You is all about. I got to participate as a judge last year. And you know what? It was an amazing experience because in the middle of it, nobody was having any events. No one was going anywhere. But they did an amazing job of making you feel as if you were at an event. Um, I mean, 
I had cocktails sitting there. I mean, why not? Um, and you know, it was, it was a great, great opportunity to get to know these women that were doing these remarkable things. You know, as I like to say, celebrating things, doing extra, you know, celebrating women doing extraordinary things in plain sight. These women were doing extraordinary things right out in front of everybody. And it was wonderful to get to know them. And this event will be, I, I know, will be a continuation of what Barbara and Luana started last year. And it's just getting bigger and bigger. So I do encourage you all to come and check it out. And if you're curious at all, and then also check out the Facebook page because these women are killing it. <laughs> these women are got it going on. And the cool thing about it is that they are sharing. They are sharing what they're doing and they are helping. And if you are having a bad day, jump on this page and tell them, I'm having a bad day. I need a little pick me up. Hundreds of women will come to your aid. And that is not an exaggeration. Hundreds of women will be there. They will give you their phone number. They will say, call me, DM me, whatever. And they're not kidding. They will be there to help you. So you have joined a giant sisterhood. So please check it out. Yes, yes. It's a great group. (laughs) I'm a little biased. (laughs) Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, We are almost out of time, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to just have the floor for just a few minutes to share whatever you'd like with the audience. Well, thank you so much, Audra. The one thing that I would like to say is, you know, it's Women's History Month and the international theme is Break the Bias. And it's often easy for us to sit in a seat of judgment, thinking it's that other person that has these these unconscious biases or conscious, but we all do. And so when you see a sister who may be down, who may be struggling, don't judge. Just reach out if you can help. Sometimes all that person wants is a conversation. Sometimes that person just wants to be acknowledged that she matters, that she can, that she's seen and not invisible. Tonight I'm going to be doing a special on the unsung and the unheard. And Audra, those are the homeless women. And it's just been pressed upon my heart that we pass these women every day. And sometimes we'll throw some money their way, but we don't give much thought to them. But they could be us. At one point, they were us, right? At one point, they were safe. They were secure. They want the same things we want. So my lasting words is that no matter where you are in life, you're going to be in a position where you can help someone, or you may be in a position where you need help. So check yourself, check your biases, always walk in light and love, and be willing to be an inspiration for those who are around you and those who are coming behind you. Luana, it is always a pleasure to have you here. It's always a lot of fun too. Uh, (laughs) Some things we're going to have to edit. (laughs) But I'm so, so happy to have you here today uh, and just giving us all some great information about finances and taking care of yourself and taking care of your family. So thank you again for being here. I really appreciate you sharing all of your experience with the audience. And may I tell, give them my website? Please do. 
So if you want some information on what you can do as far as investing and um, expanding your financial portfolio through real estate, or if you just want a conversation about mortgages in general, it could be your primary home or you're thinking about purchasing a home, please reach out to us at the Bradford Group, which is www.bradfordgroupmtg.com. Bradfordgroupmtg.com. Please reach out to Luana. She is remarkable. She has so much wisdom and so much experience. I promise you, you will not regret it because she's available to teach you something because I learn something new from her every day. Thank you all again for listening and we'll see you next time. That's our show. Thank you all so much for spending your time with me and continuing to support this show, this community, and our endeavor to change the world one interview at a time. If you have any ideas for a new show or for a guest that you'd like me to interview, please reach out to me at audra at womeninthearena.net. Thank you again for all of your support, and we'll see you again next time. so grateful for each and every one of you and your unwavering support and your continued belief in this movement that has become much bigger than me, much bigger than just a podcast. It has become this forward momentum that we are all doing together. If you are ready or you know somebody that is, that is ready to tell your story and share your value with the world, please connect with me. You can reach me at audra at womeninthearena.net. I am so honored and thankful that you will share your story with me, and I'll make sure that it is well taken care of. I will never stop thanking each and every one of you, and I cannot wait to talk to you again next week as we share another woman's story and we celebrate her doing extraordinary things in plain sight. We'll see you next time. 